out all across the building today, which is awesome. But I'm a little offended by today because it's Father's Day. And they gave a heavy lesson for Father's Day, and I don't think that's right. Right? We have forgiveness. We have to teach on forgiveness on Father's Day. And I told my wife, I said, this doesn't make any sense because guys don't have emotions, right? We don't, we don't need to forgive. She says, no, guys just don't talk about their emotions. And that's the biggest issue. So uh, in my time working with the gentleman in the prison and working with inspiration, one thing I have found out is that a lot of times it's unforgiveness with relationships of males that they have with other men that uh, can be the root cause of a lot of things they're going through. So I think this is a very uh, timely message for us today. And then the text we're going to take is from Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. It's a very familiar story. It says, then, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is, is seventy times seven, the, the unforgiveness that we're dealing with. And in this story, we love it is because uh, Peter's just trying to to set the price, right? Anyone ever done that? You go somewhere and you try to set the price? I know my, my, my uh, grumpy, my grandfather, he was great at rummage sales. And he would go into some place, and I remember distinctly when I was a kid, there was a guitar that he wanted, and they had 50 bucks on this guitar. And he walked up and he said, I'll give you $5 for it. And I was completely embarrassed. I'm like, there's no way that this is... And no, of course they said no. And we circled back about 10 minutes later. He's like, I'll give you 10 bucks for it. Sure enough, he got that guitar for $10. And I was like, that's crazy. But it's because he, he, wasn't, he wasn't afraid to ask for it. He wasn't afraid to do that. Uh, a little tip he also taught me was when you go rummage sailing, you, uh, you keep different amounts of money in different pockets so that when you say, I've got $5, you can only pull out $5 because if you say, i got $5 and you pull out 20 then it, it kills the negotiation, right? So the whole point of it is we're always trying to, to get things for as little as we can. Sometimes we try to deceive others and say, well, this is all I can afford. And sometimes that's a dangerous thing that we can do with God, and it's something I think that we all do spiritually sometimes is, is we tell God, this is all I'm capable of. This is all I can do. And God's saying, but there's so much more. There's more of a price that needs to be paid for it. So Peter uh, was no different than the rest of us. He was, he was walking into this store, and he saw Jesus standing behind the counter. And mercy was the thing sitting on the shelf and on the counter, and it was everywhere in the building. That's all that Jesus was selling was mercy. But Peter knew Jesus, and he knew how much Jesus valued his mercy. So rather than insult him by asking to pay less for it, he offered Jesus above the asking price. And if you study, you'll find out that the rabbis were teaching in the synagogues down the street that how many times did you have to, to forgive your brother who sinned against you? Just three times. That was it. You could forgive him three times, and then you were off the hook. That's all it was. So when Peter goes in there and he, he tells Jesus, he says, listen, man, I'll take the three times that I'm supposed to do. I'll double it, and I'll even add one more for good measure. As he's saying that, that seven, I think he thought, I'm asking, I'm setting the price super high. God's going to be so impressed with me because look at how I'm doing. I'm going above and beyond of what he's asking me to do. But there's a, a danger that happens when we try to set the price for God, right? When we look at what we think that God wants from us and we set the price and we say, this is what I'm capable of, but God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer you more than I think I can even imagine and Jesus' response isn't, yes, seven is perfect. He says, no, there's, there's more I need from you. 
Because if we're not careful, we'll try to set the price with God and, and we'll rob ourselves of a blessing. We'll rob ourselves of what God wants us to do because we're trying to to put a cap on it, right? Or not a cap, I should say we're trying to put a minimum on what's expected out of us. And if we're not careful, we get caught up in those minimums. And Jesus, if my brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? Up to seven times? He's asking Jesus, he said, you want me to be merciful, right? And seven times seemed very merciful to Peter, especially given that the, the going rate was three. But Jesus took a glance at the mercy and said, you know what, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times seven. And then he tells a familiar story uh, beginning in Matthew eighteen twenty three, and it says, Therefore there is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. So what this king was doing was he was pulling out his ledger and he was going through his books, seeing who owed him what, making sure all of his accounts were were in balance, making sure everyone knew what they owed. And then it was time for his collections department to come in and ask for payment. The accounting uh, audit revealed that a debtor who owed him 10,000 talents. Verse 24, it says, And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. And a talent, uh, it's a measurement of weight of gold or silver, And we don't know exactly how much 10,000 talents might be in today's economy, but more than likely it was in millions of dollars. So the amount that the debtor owed, it was something that he couldn't pay back. It was was just too much. He would never be able to to pay it back. And this is a a lesson not only on on forgiveness, but I also think it's a lesson on, on debt, right? Because if we're not careful, then we'll just rack up debts and we'll think, oh, I've never got to pay it back, and it's okay. There's going to come a day that we're going to have to pay back debts. One to God, but also in our finances. You you can't run from it forever. And living in debt is not in God's plan. He's kind of using this as the example. He's saying, listen, there's going to come a day that you're going to have to pay for what you have. But the amount was so much that you could probably never pay it back. And Jesus and his audience knew what, what it meant for that man and his family. Next verse it says, But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife, and his children, and all that he had, and payment be made. So he says, listen, I know that you don't have that kind of money. 10,000 talents is a ton of money. It's, it's money that you'll never have. So what should happen is, is you should be sold into slavery. Your, your wife, your children, everything that you have needs to be sold in order for this payment to be made. It can be dangerous when we live outside of our means. And I know this is spiritual, but I'm also going to go a little bit carnal in it too because I think this is important. Because if we're not careful, what happens is when we live outside of our means, one of two things happens. Is we go into debt, and we become a slave to it, and it, it, it ties us down and it ruins things. Or two, as men, something that we're very terrible about is we don't say no to things, right? So you want something nice, you want a nice house, you want a nice car, then I, that means i got to work more overtime. I've got to do all these other things. I've got to sacrifice all these other things. And we think we're doing a good thing, but we, what we don't realize is, is we're, we're selling off our time with our family. We're selling off our time with our kids. The relationships that we're having, we're putting a strain on. Now when, when we go to do, do something and pay for it, everyone else just sees a price tag on it, and you see the, the toll that it's going to take on you because of what you've got to work to get out of that. Debt is something that will affect your entire family. It doesn't just affect you, and it can re- destroy relationships. Debt of, of sin is, is so much more, too, because we think, oh, it's just that the, the debt that I owe, right? It's just the sin that I've done. No, your sin can affect your friends. 
It can affect your family. And if you're not careful, it can start a generational curse that will leave people in bondage for years to come. But since the servant couldn't pay, the king sentenced him and his family to slavery and demanded that all their possessions be sold and the proceeds be given to the king. Unfortunately, this didn't come close to paying his full debt, right? Because it said slaves at top price were sometimes sold for a talent, but usually they were sold for a tenth of a talent. So even if you sold him and all of his family, he might regain, what, five, six talents back, and this man owed 10,000 talents. How do you get in debt of 10,000 talents in that time period? It's entitlement. And I I feel like that's where we're at in the world today is if we're not careful, we'll look around and we'll say, well, so-and-so has it, and -and so-and-so has this, and -and so-and-so has that, and I deserve it too, so it doesn't matter if I'm if I'm paying on in debt, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. As long as I can have it, if someone else has it, that's what I deserve too. And I believe that that was the, the, the mindset of this person that owed the king was they thought there's never going to come a day that I'm going to have to pay all this back. I'm going to live up the high life, but there's going to come a day that you're going to have to pay it all back. Verse 26 says, uh, the servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. That's good intentions, but if he couldn't pay a few talents, there's no way. His entire lifetime, no matter how hard he worked, no matter how many odd jobs he picked up, would he ever be able to repay back 10,000 talents? So instead, he pleads for mercy, and he fell to his knees, and he begged for more time. But time wasn't the answer, right? If we're not careful, we fall into that trap ourselves where we think, if I just have more time to do something... God, if you just give me more time and more time, and, and God gives us time to do things, and we squander it because we focus on our own agenda, and we focus on what we want to do. And we say, but God, if I just have more time, and God's saying it's not the time that, that's the problem, it's the dedication. Well, you have enough dedication. But suddenly, Jesus' story, it took a surprising turn. In verse 27, it says, Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and he loosed him, and he forgave him of his debt. And just like that, the debt was gone. The king didn't mock him. He didn't make fun of him. He didn't sit there and read the list of everything that he'd ever done to owe all these things and question him on each and every account of, well, why did you choose to do this? Or why did you choose to do that? He just forgave him. The king could afford to give that forgiveness too, right? Because the five talents that he could have got back, it wouldn't have made that much of a difference to the king and his kingdom. But he was showing mercy because he could afford to show mercy. And what overwhelming joy the servant must have felt because this crushing debt, this thing that had been over his head, uh, it was gone. His family was safe. He was safe. His property was secure. He didn't have to sell anything. Everything was saved. Thank you, my king. I could never receive a greater gift than what you gave me. Just rejoicing to the king of of what he was doing for him. And this is just a snapshot of the mercy that God gives us when he forgives all of our sins. Because sin is just that. It's a debt that we owe. It's something that we can't repay. We face great punishment if we don't pay that sin, though, right? Because if we end this, this life and our life is still full of sin, then, then there's a hell waiting for us. I know that's not a fun thing to talk about anymore, but having good thoughts and good intentions, that's going to send you to hell. Paying off your debt of sin, like that's, that, that's the only way that we, we can avoid hell. 
But we can't do that, right? We, we'll never be able to pay it off. We'll never be able to have all of that. But God did it for us at the cross. He showed us that mercy, that, 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 that grace that we weren't, we weren't worthy of, but he did it anyway. This story gives us insight of how great our sins are from God's point of view. Because a lot of us think of us as good people, and a lot of us are good people. But we're still limited with our human perspective. We think, you know what, I'm better than most people because I came to church on Sunday, I pay my tithes, I do a lot of other things. But we're just good sinners without the grace of God. We tend to minimize our own sin by thinking, well, it's not that bad. We have no accurate sense the number of times that we failed to follow after God and, and do what he told us to do. Brother Stokely talked about it a little bit last week, but it's, it's important that we, we hold that measuring stick up to God when it says, what am I supposed to be like? I'm supposed to be, be like him, I'm, his mercy, his, his, all these things. Because instead, what we do is we look around at our brothers and sisters and we say, well, I'm better than them, but we still fall way short of where we're supposed to be at. Even pastor falls short sometimes. Spoiler alert. So do I. But you know what? It's because we go back and we have grace and we have mercy. We can follow after God's word. I can't look at God and say, well, I had a great month. I know I sinned and I, I, I fell short today. But the last month, man, I've been, in, I've been in prayer. I've been in word. I've done all these things. So you have to forgive it because I, no, he doesn't have to, but he does. No matter, no matter how we feel about our sins, God is pure and he is sinless. He is holy. And we're like poor servants owing him a debt of 10,000 talents. It's, it's a debt that we can't pay. And our only hope is for our gracious king to have compassion on us and announce those things. I forgive your debt for you owe me nothing. Because the penalty for those unpaid sins, it's, it's separation from him. Jesus was sinless and he didn't deserve to die. But he willingly died in our place. God said death would be a substitute for our sins because he was, he was spotless. Because he died on the cross, he gave us hope. But here's the thing that doesn't let us off the hook for our sins, right? And that's the tough part is sometimes we think, okay, well, I've sinned, but God died for me, so that means that, that my sin is automatically forgiven. No, we've still got to repent from it. And repentance isn't saying, God, I'm sorry that I got caught doing this, or I know I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway, but your grace is sufficient. No, that's not repentance. Repentance is saying, God, turn from it, right? I want to I do an about face. I want to focus on the good things for you. I want to focus on, on what you have for me. It, it breaks my heart to see so many times people say, well, I, I came to, to church and I prayed one time and I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, so now I'm going to heaven. But then I continue to live in sin, there's still a separation in there. We still have to, to show our, our love for God and saying, you know what, I'm going to turn about face. And yes, the price you paid is something I can never repay, but because of it, I'm going to live a life serving to you. But this, this story takes a surprising, unpleasant turn. Our friend who was just forgiven as, of his unpayable debt, he went out and he found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a 100 pence. And he laid his hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, pay me what thou owest. He literally ran out of the throne room after receiving mercy and grace from God. And he says, you know what? There's someone else that owes me, and I'm going to find that person. And he went and he found him. And the second debtor in the parable only owed his friend a few hundred pence, which would take about three months for his friend to pay it back. But the debt was payable. It was pennies compared to the millions that the first servant owed the king. 
And the second servant responded just like the first one. And he fell down to his feet and he said, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. I think it's important to note that we say, oh, it's just 100 pence compared to 10,000. It's nothing. It was still three months. That's still a good chunk of change. It was still going to take a lot of time for him to pay it back. People can hurt us, and they can hurt us in big ways. And it's silly and foolish to say, well, it's nothing compared to what, what I've done to God. It still hurts. It doesn't hurt any less. And it's not something that sometimes we can just say, overnight, you know what, I'm going to fix this and it's done and I'm going to get rid of all this hurt and I'm going to get rid of all this pain and I'm going to have forgiveness in my heart. It's going to take time. It's going to take a process. But we need, we need to allow ourselves to go through that process. Because well, a lot of times what we do is we have that, that mindset of the second servant. And we say, well, you owe me this and you've done this to me. You've caused me this, this hardship and this pain. And when they can't immediately fix it, we just try to cut them off. We, cut, we attack them. We don't show mercy and we don't show grace. Forgiveness doesn't pretend like it didn't happen. And I think that's so important. God shows mercy and he wipes that clean. But for us, it's a lot harder if, if someone does me wrong for me to say, you know what, I completely forgot about it. No, I can't. I'm going to do my best to try. But we need to heal from it. The thing that, that, that surprised me the most is as I'm working with some of these men that are going through tough times and they're going through addiction and recovery. A lot of them will, will say, well, I just, need to, I just need to get over it. I need to forget about it because I can't change it, right? My dad hurt me or my dad did this to me or, or I had a, a, a relationship or someone ruined my trust and I just need to get over it. I just need to ask God to, to, to get me past it. And I think that's our mindset as men is, well, I can't do anything about it now, so we just need to, to move on from it. No, we need to heal from it. We need to allow God to, 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 to go through the process. And you know what? Sometimes that means we've got to go through hurt and pain for some time, but that's how the healing happens is we're able to, to get rid of all that, that, that bitterness and that anger and that unforgiveness. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be something that says, okay, I turn on a switch and I'm ready to forgive. It can hurt. No matter how merciful the king had been to the first servant, his heart was unmoved by his fellow servant's plea. He threw his debtor into prison until he could pay his debt. He would remain in prison until his friends or family could gather enough money to, to get the prisoner out of debt. We talked about it before, but it's not always us that pay the debt, right? Sometimes it's our friends and it's our family. The things that we go through in life, the decision that we make, we're content just sitting in a jail cell saying, you know what, I'm going I'm to face this punishment while our friends and family run around trying to do all they can to rescue us. We need to be grateful for, the, for those relationships we have that, that, that say, you know what, I care about them enough that I'm not just going to forget about them, but I'm going to do something to help get them free. And this kind of shocking behavior, it, it couldn't remain hidden. Some of the king's other servants, they witnessed this ungrateful act and they told the king everything they, they, they saw. They heard of this extraordinary kindness that the king had shown to the first servant, and when they saw how cruelly he treated his, his fellow servant, they couldn't believe the hypocrisy and the ingratitude. How could he possibly act that way when everything he had will be, was forgiven? It doesn't say that the people that went and reported to the king were people that were friends of the, uh, the, the servant that, that put the other one in jail. It didn't say that they were enemies, but it said that they, that they saw it and they, they, they saw compassion that God 
had shown one person the fact that they didn't show that same compassion back, it made an impact on them. If you don't know it already, the world's always watching you. When you say that you're a Christian, when you, when you say that I'm, I'm doing these things, when I go to church or this or that, you can say, well, I didn't put myself on a pedestal, and I didn't ask to, to have, no, it happens. Because when you start to tell about what God did in your life and, and the mercy that God showed you and everything that God can do for you, then they're going to look at you to see how you respond as well. And when you show bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment towards others, they're going to say, but how can you serve that God if that's who you are? We need to be careful not to kill our witness by how we have relationships. Well, Brother Josh, you don't know what they did to me, and it's okay. God wouldn't understand if they just cut them off completely. Some people don't need to be in your lives, but they need to be forgiven. We need to heal from, from tough situations. And when the king learned what the first servant had done, the king was shocked and he was furious. Matthew 32 continues the story, or Matthew 18, 32. And it says, Then his Lord, after what he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldn't thou also have compassion on thy fellow, fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he could pay all that was due unto him. He was never going to escape. 10,000 talents, he wasn't going to escape. He was there forever. The king summoned the servant to return to the throne room and he called him wicked. The, the, the forgiven servant had failed to show the same kind of mercy that God had shown him. This is mean and, and hard to hear, but I'm not going to hell because you hurt me. I'm not going to hell just because you did something and I have every right to be angry at you. It doesn't matter. My eternity is worth more than my bitterness, my angry. My, my eternity is worth so much more. And it, it, it makes me sick because in our minds we think, well, I love God with all my heart. You can't love God with all your heart and hate your fellow man. It is impossible to do that. And that's what he's trying to teach in this, in this lesson with us is he's saying, listen, I'm showing you grace and I'm showing you mercy. He didn't once tell the servant, well, you need to be a doormat because I was nice to you and you need to be... No, he was just saying, show mercy when you can show mercy. Show grace when you can show grace. And I think that we've talked about it before in our live talks, but there's a huge difference between forgiveness and acceptance, right? Because I don't have to accept what you did to me is okay. I don't at all. I can say what you did to me was wrong, but I can, I can forgive you for it. And if you're someone that, that goes around manipulating people, I pray for you. Because some of us are really good at that. Really, really good. We know the right words to say. And, but if we don't change those hearts, I think that's what God was trying to do with that first person. He was trying to change his heart, doing something so giant, so amazing of forgiving this entire debt. Not just saying, hey, I'll forgive you what's payable and you have to work for the rest. He forgave everything because he was trying to change his heart. In this story, we, we can miss a powerful point where Jesus was saying it plainly. Verse 35, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if, you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one of his brothers and trespassers. A forgiving God requires us to forgive. And why? Because the debt that we owe God is too much to pay anyways. And if we want God to show that, that, that same grace and that same mercy for us, then we've got to show it to them. 
one of the greatest compliments that we've ever received was uh, a couple months ago, I, we had a friend come back that hadn't been here in a long time. And they said, I walked in the door and I felt peace. I felt it different. And this isn't fun to talk about, I understand that, but there was a time a few years ago where this church went through a whole lot of hurt, a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of mistrust, and it happened. And there's one of two things that we could do is we could say, you know what, we're justified in feeling the way that we are because we, we were, but we worked at forgiveness, and we worked at changing hearts, and we worked on learning how to trust and love one another again. And it's tough, and it's so easy on the outside to just walk in and say, you know what, it's changed. And I'd love to say, you know what, it was easy. It was not. It was tough, and it was hard, but it was worth it. And it's a continual process, because we're not there yet. We're not, we're not, no one in this room is perfect. But we're getting to the point again where I feel like we're opening ourselves up to, to trust and to love like, like we need to. We're, we're getting to the point where we're learning that forgiveness is worth it. We're not keeping a tally. I, there, there's the ongoing joke, you know, you keep scoring when you're a parent, right? Well, I did this, and you did that. If you keep a tally, if me and Sarah kept a tally for every dirty diaper that one of us changed, and we said, you know what, no, I, I, I'm, I'm at 37 and you're at 34, the next three are yours, that relationship is not going to go well at all because I'm going to lose that tally mark about every time. But when we learn to say, you know what, it doesn't matter. You've, there, there were times that, that, that I helped you out that you couldn't help yourself, and there's times that I'm going to need you to help me out. That's the kind of relationship that we need to have not with God, not just with God, but with each other, is that we need to look at each other and say, you know what, there are some times that that I'm going to need to go the extra mile for you. I'm going to need to forgive you of something that that you haven't even apologized yet for. And that's one of the toughest things is is learning how to to truly have a forgiving heart is saying, I know you haven't asked for it yet, but I'm going to forgive you anyways. I know that you think that you didn't do anything wrong, but I'm hurt, and I'm going to forgive you anyways. I'm getting way off my notes here, but sometimes we need to learn how to heal too, and we, we need to talk to somebody and say, you know what, I'm struggling, I'm in pain. Because if we don't get there and we don't acknowledge the pain, then we can't forgive how it happened. We just go on through life saying, you know, it's, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, and then something happens and all the dominoes fall in a row. But each and every day we need to, to work on that. In the Lord's Prayer, the first message that God ever preached was on forgiveness, right? The Lord's Prayer, Matthew eighteen thirty five. Oops, that's not, uh, Matthew 6, 12. It says, and forgive your debts as we forgive our debtors, right? First message she ever preached, she was t- teaching, you know, Lord, how should we pray? Each and every day we should get up and we should pray, Lord, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, and Lord, forgive everyone that, 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 that sinned against us, everyone that, that, that crossed us the wrong way. It's a daily thing. It wasn't this prayer that you pray this one time and you go to heaven. He says, no, every single day you need to get up and you need to get your eyes upon me and you need to do all these things, but you need to learn to forgive each and every single day. Jesus is calling us to forgive. Because if we can't do it, then he can't forgive us. I will say unto thee until seven times seventy. I wonder how Peter honestly took that the first time he heard it. You ever wonder that? Like in our minds we think, oh, well, he, he took it really, really well. That's like me praying and saying, God, I'm capable of this, and this is a sacrifice that I have. And God says, that's just the beginning. But that's all I got, and that, that, that should be more than enough. And God says, but it's not. Compared to what I've done for you and for, for everything that I'm doing for you, it, it doesn't add up. The math isn't there. We need to, to get past the minimums. 
We need to get past not just minimums and forgiveness, but in a relationship and saying, well, I'm better than I used to be. Am I what God called me to be? Am I, am I having the relationships that I need, need to have with people, or am I still allowing a past hurt to affect every relationship that's currently in my life? Because that's the problem with unforgiveness is, is that it allows these balls to be built up. And when we finally forgive that one person, what happens a lot of times is, is we still don't tear down the wall in front, of, in front of us on the other side because, I'm, yes, I forgave them, but I'm not opening myself up to, to being hurt again. Because I don't want to have to go through this healing process once again. If we are truly believers of, of, of Christ, we're supposed to be reaching out to the world, and we can't reach out to the world if we don't have a relationship with people. If we don't have a love for people, we have to open ourselves up to getting hurt. We have to open up ourselves to, to, to being able to, one, to, to heal from things that we didn't even know were there, but also to, be, to take the time to say, you know what, I might have to, to get on a level with somebody else and help them to heal. Where I might have not have said or done something wrong, but they, they took it the wrong way, and I need to say, you know what, I'm sorry. One of the weirdest things that ever happened to me in my life, I think I've talked about this before, was I was working in the sound booth one day, and I had a, uh, an older saint come up to me, and they, they said, I, I just want you to know that I forgive you. I was like, for what? I said, well, I just, I've been praying, and God revealed to me that, you know, I've been saying bad things about you because of your preaching and how you act and how you talk, and I'm just, I just want you to know that I forgive you for that. It's like, what just happened? And in my mind, like, I was angry because I was like, what did I do? I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm going through my mind, and I'm like, you know, it was their fault because if they were offended by something that I said, God gave it to me, and it's their fault. And, and that's the attitude that I started to have, just being real. And then God kind of said, you know what? They're trying to, to make amends. And you didn't know that it was wrong. And so, you know what? I, I showed that person love and kindness, and, and I, I, I tried to have a relationship with them. I'd tr- go up to them and talk to them after church. Was it because it somebody I wanted to have a conversation with? No, because every time I talked to them, I was afraid they were going to tell me something I did wrong. But I was trying to have this relationship to show, you know what, I'm trying. I, I, I love you. I care about you. You had enough courage to let me know that, that you're trying to heal, so I'm going to help you heal. Even though I didn't do anything wrong, which I will stand to, the, to my dying day saying I did not do anything wrong in this situation. At least I don't know. He didn't give me an exact verse or exact statement that I said. I, just my, my demeanor in general. I think it's a spiky hair, honestly. It, it, it gets people riled up at times. But that's what we have to do sometimes is we have to learn how to just, you know what, say, okay, we're going to work on this together. We're going to have a relationship together. We might have difficulty with Jesus' teaching on forgiveness because we don't see our sin as that unpayable of a debt sometimes. And that's a dangerous place to be in is then we think, well, God, what I did wasn't that wrong. I talked about it last week, too. It doesn't matter if you murder somebody or if you lie to your grandma. God views it as sin. You're not going to get up to the pearly gates, and they're going to say, well, listen, you tried really, really hard, and then those people over there, those are just bad people. You're a good person that just made some mistakes. You might be a good person that just made some mistakes, but if you don't have forgiveness, you don't have repentance, then it's not enough. And we need to remember that. Jesus was showing us his views on the situation, being born in sin and the communal of sins that we have committed against him by breaking his law are greater than someone's sins against us. If God forgave us, we must learn how to forgive others. 
Otherwise, we disqualify ourselves from being forgiven from God. And science shows, too, that it's good to forgive people. When you forgive people, it improves your mental health. You have less anxiety. You have less stress. You can lower your blood pressure. Issues with depression. There's all sorts of scientific ways that will help with that. Potential benefits are, are not why Jesus commanded us to forgive, but he commanded us to forgive because it's what he needs us to do. And I'm going to circle back to it again because we've got a few minutes, but we need to learn how to heal. We need to learn how to talk about things. We need to talk, learn how to talk about hurt. We need to learn how to talk about what we're going through. And yes, there are times that we just need to, to hold our tongue and to bite it because I, I believe if you talk in anger in the moment, you're going to cause more hurt than anything else. But you need to take it to God. You need to give it to God. And once you give it to God and he gives you peace about it, then that means you need to start having a conversation about it. Because we don't know what kind of things. There might have been something that I did or said that that is the reason why you can't have the relationship you have with God because you're holding it and you're angry and you're bitter and I have no idea. But if we have a conversation, then guess what we can do? We can grow. And we can offer forgiveness and we can, we can build that relationship. We can do all these great things. Not only giving forgiveness, but one of the other things that's important to, to forgive people is, is to learn to accept forgiveness, Right? It's okay to say, you know what, I accept it. Because it's so much easier to say, you know what, yeah, you're right. You were in the wrong. You did do me bad. You did do these terrible things. And look at this line of destruction that you caused in my life because of a decision that you made. Or you can say, you know what, it's all right. I'm going to work on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive you. And you know what, you can be honest. This is going to take some time. I appreciate what you started here, but it's going to take some time for me to work on it and, and to get through it. Because we can't do it overnight. We can't repay our, our, our debts that we owe overnight, and it's not like a magic fix that we can have. But learning how to invest in, for, in forgiveness is, is going to be key. It's going to be the key to a lot of things. It's going to be the key in, in your own personal walk with God, but it's also going to be the key in revival in the church. The greatest compliment we can ever get is when someone walks into this church and says, there's something different that I feel here. And it's not just because, oh, we look, we look so spiffy and sharp. That's definitely not it. And it's not, honestly, this is going to be controversial too. It's not because we dress differently. It's because we act differently. And we, can, we, we always have a spotlight shown on us. So it's important for us to, to, to be that example of, of God and say, you know what? I might not want to do this. I might not feel it, but I'm going, to, I'm going to give it my all anyways. I'm going to work on relationships. I'm going to work on investing in things. I'm going to work on not being in debt. I know this is silly. I know it's, it's weird to say on a Sunday morning, and we'll talk more. In a, and we have a Connect class coming up in, in two weeks that we're going to do on a Wednesday night where we're going to do practical finances and walk you through how to do a budget and how to do a balance. But there's just so much bondage that comes with owing someone something whether it be a, 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 a bill on your desk at work or whether it be because of unforgiveness that you've, you've allowed yourself to be entrapped with. It, it's, God didn't call us to be in bondage. He didn't call us to be in debt. He called us to live free and to have freedom. And I have four minutes left. Wow. I'm trying, y'all. I really am. 
But if we could just stand for just a moment. I know we don't have any music. I think our teachers that play for us are back there. But Brother Bill's got something. That's amazing. I think that's some wise words. Like I said, I don't have any music. And if Brian can help me out, if you can put on like a praise and worship song for just a minute, I think it's important to just take some time and to, to, to pray and say, God, you know what? If there's something that I'm struggling with, if there's some unforgiveness that I'm holding on to, God, I need you to take it from me today. If we could just do that, just find a, find a place, whether it's in your pew, if you want to come up front, that's fine too. But just spend some time talking to the Lord today. Lord, that, that it, it's not just words that we came here today, God. We didn't come here just to to, to, to sit through a, a lesson to, to check off a box saying, yeah, I get credit for showing up today. But God, I believe that you want to speak to some hearts today, God. I believe that, that there are things that you want to do in this place today still, Lord, that there's healing that you have in this place, God, Lord, that, that there are relationships that you want to restore, God, that there is... There is unforgiveness that we're holding on to, God, that, that it's separating us from what you're calling us to do, God. Lord, the, 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 what you have for us is so much greater than we could ever imagine. But, Lord, we're holding on to this, this anger and this bitterness, and it's, it's causing a division between us and you. And, God, I just ask, Lord, that you be able to, to remove that, that, that division, God. You remove that, that, that unforgiveness that we're holding on to, God. And we might be able to, to focus on you, Lord, and what you have for us, God, Lord. The mercy and the grace that you've shown us, Lord, let it be something that, that as we walk each and every day, God, that we show that same mercy, that that same grace, that kindness to those that are around us, God. Lord, use us to be the, the hands and the feet that you have, God, Lord, that we might be able to, to make an impact to the community around us, God. I thank you for each and every one. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus.